my uh, first newspaper article appeared. It was a nice thing. It was called Maestro is nine years old. me into flamenco so my father had to learn every piece himself first figure out all the techniques because all we had was a tape and uh, the score the philosophy is simple I don't see the difference between classical and flamenco guitar guitar is guitar Hi everyone, welcome back to All Strings Considered. I'm your host, Scott Wolf. All Strings Considered is brought to you in part by Guitar Salon International, the world's largest selection of fine classical and flamenco guitars and accessories. If this isn't your first time listening, how about supporting All Strings Considered by following on Twitter at All Strings or liking us on Facebook? On today's show, you're going to be hearing music and words from my friend Grisha Goryachev. Grisha and I did our master's degrees together at New England Conservatory in Boston. And the first time I saw him play was a bit of a revelation. It was actually a little bit of a reality check. I had seen players like Sabika, Sempago de Lucia on video, but somehow it never struck me how blindingly fast those guys could play, or even how unbelievably natural and easy playing like that could seem. That is, until I saw Grisha. And he's been performing and playing at that level since he was about eight years old. Grisha has decided to continue a tradition begun by the very earliest of the solo flamenco guitarists, masters of the guitar like Ramon Montoya and Sabicas, who had the skill to elevate their instrument and their music to the realm of the solo concert artist, from a somewhat subjugated role as accompanist to cante and baile, or singing and dance. best flamenco guitar players have returned to a more ensemble-oriented role, albeit with a more equal footing with the singers and dancers. And so Grisha is one of the only players out there who is trying to preserve that solo flamenco guitar tradition, as well as attempting to augment the classical guitar repertoire with these works effectively erasing the boundaries between flamenco and classical guitar playing by treating the music of Sabicas and Paco de Lucia and other players of that caliber as one would a classical composer like Giuliani, Sor, Rodrigo, or Barrios. 
I'm gonna go get some coffee that is on the table over there. Oh. Okay, now I'll talk coffee in hand. The philosophy is simple. I don't see the difference between classical and flamenco guitar. To me, guitar is guitar. And uh, it can be flamenco or classical. I mean, the only difference is classical is from all over the world. Flamenco is from Spain. But then again, you know, there are all these influences in flamenco from other regions. But I treat music as basically a composition. It's the quality of composition that attracts me. And sometimes there are masterpieces and they could be in absolutely any style. Any style, if it's well done, could be blues on classical guitar, but well done, it's, it's a classic. I want to play it. So I want classical guitarists to tackle these pieces because they will learn a lot from just playing this music and using these flamenco techniques. They will improve the rhythm, they will be more musical, more loose in their playing. And I think it would really push them. Basically, I choose the compositions that I feel stand out from the rest of flamenco. So once in a while, great composers come along, like Sabicas, Paco de Lucia, Manolo Sanlúcar, Vicente Amigo, Gerardo Núñez, or Rafael Riqueni. They, they have something special to offer, some special twist. And their music is very complex. All the harmonies and syncopations, they are mind-blowing. You know, they're really, really, really advanced. It's not the same flamenco as you hear when there is a dance troupe, for example. became a separate style because uh, it became too advanced so it, it is not even treated as flamenco in some circles anymore some people say well we need to stick close to the roots and i understand that side as well we need to be close to the roots but in order for this musical style to survive it's doing great by the way but in order for it to survive it has to evolve and evolution means <laughs> means revolution, right? You really need to look for new things. You need to invent and uh, look elsewhere for inspiration. All these composers succeeded in that. And I picked the best that they had to offer, in my opinion. I mean, I don't play everything that I consider the best. I really like the pieces that I play and I think that they deserve to be put on the same level as Rodrigo or Turina or Torrova or Barrios or any of other famous guitar composers or non-guitar composers.
The first piece we're going to hear today is Grisha interpreting a farruca by one of the originators of the solo flamenco guitar tradition, Agustin Castellón Campos, or Sabicas. Uh, by the way, that stage name Sabicas apparently comes from the word for the little beans he would eat raw as a child that are called abas. So Sabicas was, um, he was a great guitar virtuoso. He played a very big role in popularization of this style. He spent a lot of his life in the United States and he recorded a ton of records, LPs, I think something like more than 50. And uh, he had one of the best techniques of all of the guitarists. Uh, people who heard him live said that he had huge sound. There was nothing like they've seen before. It, it seemed like he was almost like John Williams of, uh, of flamenco. He wouldn't make mistakes while he was playing. For some reason, I always felt connected to his music. When I was um, about 9 or 10 or 11 years old, you know, other people would just go outside and play with their friends. Well, I did that too, but most of the time I would just sit at home and listen to the recordings. And I could not get enough. I would uh, listen to tapes on repeat. You know, one side, uh, then I switch the tape, put it on the other side and play it over and over and over again. I always felt special connection to the music of Sabikas. So, Faruka uh, is one of my favorite dances in flamenco, one of my favorite styles. And I really like this one because I like the key of E minor. Farrukas usually are in A, and that sounds a little bit plain to me because there are so many other styles in A, but E minor is kind of a special key. We have it in Granadina, and that's about it. Farruka in E minor is a is a great piece and I have it on YouTube and that is the video that is very popular. It has almost two million hits. It's actually called Spanish guitar, Grisha Gorish, or something like that. Alright, so I just checked and you can get away with Spanish guitar Grisha, G-R-I-S-H-A. And actually, the one that comes up just under that is another one called Spanish Guitar Grisha that includes the word bulerias. And in that one, he's about eight years old. Actually, it was even recognized in Hollywood. Somebody uh, contacted me and they wanted this Faruka in the movie Duplicity with Julia Roberts. One of the scenes where they're walking on the street and you hear this coming from somewhere, like some street musician is playing it. Well, that's actually from this recording. So here's Grisha playing a farruca from his album titled Homenaje a Sabicas, or Homage to Sabicas. <laughs> ¶¶ 
1990, Spanish ballet came to, to Russia, to St. Petersburg, and I came to meet them, and they told me that Sabikas had just passed away, and I remember I was so sad. He was the person that I really wanted to meet, really felt connected 
to him. And um, I actually got a chance to meet his brother when I first came to the United States. I think it was in uh, 96 or 97, I went to New York and performed at a local um, flamenco get-together place. And uh, his brother, Diego, came in with the guitar and I was just playing uh, Sabika's Danza Mora. And he, he walks in with a guitar case and I look at him and uh, he looks so similar to Sabika's. I, I was like, is that Sabika's? That can't be. <laughs> so it was it was a nice nice encounter. He actually I think I brought him to tears just playing pieces by his brother. He obviously missed him a lot and he was very nostalgic. I'd like to play you one more piece from Grisha's album in homage to Sabikas, Abulerias. This is traditionally the fastest of the flamenco forms, and we'll shortly hear Grisha perform a more modern buleria by Paco de Lucia. I think you'll find the connection and the contrast between the two eras really interesting when you hear these two master composers, Paco and Sabicas, both composing pieces within the constraints of bulerias, almost like a Mozart and a Beethoven both composing a sonata or a minuet. So here's Grisha playing a bulerias by Sabicas.
So this bulerias um, is called cepa andalusa. Cepa andalusa means something like someone who's Andalusian through and through, perhaps a dyed-in-the-wool Andalusian. And it comes from a record that Paco de Lucia did in 1973, and it was called Fuente Caudal. And this, uh, this is the bulerias that I used to listen to every day. When I went to this uh, festival in 1987, that was my first outing. I was listening to this because it was a three-day train ride. And uh, basically, I would listen to it over and over. We had this uh, tape player. And uh, I was listening to it in my compartment. The other passengers that were there, they probably got sick of hearing it. To me, it's one of the best bulerias that Paco ever did. And what's so good about it is that the energy never lets up. The energy is just crazy. He uh, had other bulerias that were great, that had a lot of uh, duende and sonicete, and that were a little more relaxed or a little bit faster. But this one has the energy flow that is just unmatched. And uh, it has uh, this fast alzapua section. Uh, the technique that is performed with the thumb. Uh, when Paco de Lucia recorded this, it was a groundbreaking moment in flamenco because it was considered impossible to play this technique at such a tempo, you know, uh, triplets at this speed. So this, this was really a monster bulerias when it was released. And I really enjoy playing it. It's the first Bulerias by Paco that I learned. And I've been playing it for, I guess, about 20 years now. One of my favorite pieces to play. I think what's more important here is not the technique, but to be able to do the rhythm correctly, to have the accents and to have that bouncy feel that the great flamenco players always get. I hope I did a good job on that radio show, but I was very sick right before my concert. And uh, it was an interesting experience playing in the morning while being sick. <laughs> the audio for what I'm about to play you was taken directly off a YouTube video of Grisha playing for KUT in the awesome city of Austin, Texas. So that means he's playing Paco de Lucia's Sepa Andalusa live, no edits, no extra takes. If you want to watch the video, uh, search KUT, Grisha, and Bulerias, and it should come up at the top of the list. Enjoy!
So I started guitar when I was uh, very, very young. I cannot actually remember when I started, but I would guess it was about when I was five or six. And my father played guitar. Um, I heard him practice ever since I was born. As a, as a kid, I used to listen to him all the time. And naturally, I requested one day that he showed me how to do it. And at first, he would just take my hands into his hands and show me how it feels to play the guitar. I mean, I was not playing. It, it was him playing over my fingers. But I felt the movements of his fingers on my hands. And then he started to teach me very simple pieces, like um, one of the first ones was the Malagenia, and then... There were some arpeggio studies and this and that. That's when I started leaning towards the Spanish style because I was really in love with the Malagueña. And then I heard Paco de Lucia in concert when he came to Russia in 1986. And I was just blown away by what I heard. So that was the turning point in my life. I heard flamenco before in recordings, but I never imagined the impact, the energy of a live concert. And it just blew my mind. I mean, I attended classical concerts before and uh, I was really impressed, but flamenco just blew my mind. So that's, um, that's when I begged my father to teach me how to do that. And he did not know himself. He never played flamenco, he liked it, he listened to it, but he didn't know how to approach it. So after a search, we found uh, the method by Juan Martin, and uh, that's the one that, that got me into flamenco. So my father had to learn every piece himself first, figure out all the techniques, because all we had was a tape and uh, the, the score. Exercise 4 introduces the four-stroke rasgueado or, as the flamencos call it, rajeao or rajeo. Lessons 2, 3 and 4 together provide the music for a flamenco solo, the Fes Soleares. To start with... So he had to figure out how to play all these techniques and then he would show me by hands because I did not read music at that time. So he showed me how to, how to move, how to do it and I went through the entire method in one year. And after I got acquainted with the basic techniques and I played every solo in the book, I decided, well, maybe because I really like Sabicas and I really like the old Paco de Lucia style, maybe I could, uh, I could try to learn some of that. And of course, there were no scores for these compositions. So my father said, well, you know what, I'm going to help you. So he started learning it by ear. And it would take him a long time to learn every falsetta, every rasgueado, everything. It would take him months, actually, to really get the piece done. 
And then I uh, naturally started to help my father. So I would just come into the room and watch him do that. And he, he would ask me, do you think that sounds right? And I would say, well, I think it does sound right, but there is one note maybe is wrong. And then I started doing it myself and I found that I actually had a very good ear for this type of learning. So I went through a lot of pieces by Sabikas in pretty much no time. It would take me maybe, I don't know, maximum a week for one, one song. And um, nowadays I can learn a piece of music by Sabikas in about three hours, the complete song. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good, I think, for learning by ear. So that was my beginning as a flamenco guitarist. The first time I played on a big stage was when I was nine years old. I mean, I was uh, kind of relatively known in St. Petersburg by the local guitarists, but I never really performed. I mean, I performed at my school. And uh, that's about it. So my father found this festival in Zdano, this city in Ukraine that was later named Mariupol. I performed uh, there. I was the youngest performer at the festival. And I really got noticed. They were talking that basically my flamenco was more authentic than what they heard from all the guitarists. And I had the benefit of finding that method and learning how it is, because most of the guitarists in Russia at that time basically had to improvise it. They had the sound and they had to figure out how to make it happen. Whereas I had uh, the instruction method. So everything was explained and I had the benefit of a good ear that could monitor my progress and uh, see what was missing in my own playing. That was the time when my uh, first newspaper article appeared. It was a nice thing. It was called Maestro is nine years old. The year after, I got an invitation to perform in uh, Minsk. That's when I uh, played my first solo concert. And uh, in Minsk, I played the whole program. So everything in the method. And my father, having read what was said in the, in the method book, he gave a small lecture <laughs> before each number that I played. He explained what it was, what it meant, what are the special techniques. So it was like a lecture recital together with my father. And it was a natural thing for us to start playing together because, I mean, he was, a, he was an established classical guitarist. And uh, he, you know, by learning this flamenco, first the method by Juan Martin and then trying to learn the pieces by Sabikas, he knew the flamenco techniques, he could do that. And we started playing uh, Entre dos Aguas by Paco de Lucia. We started playing that Chardash, uh, the Sarda de Monti, the, the one, the, uh, the video that I have on YouTube. One of the concerts, my brother actually was the one who accompanied me. 
because we started playing guitar together and then my brother kind of got a little bit bored with it maybe he still has very good musical appreciation so he knows exactly if i play something cheesy for him he's like no that's not good this particular tarantas always stood out to me as just magic it just takes me on a journey just this chord you know uh, the f sharp phrygian mode which is same as b minor It's just so sad. It's one of the saddest keys to me. Uh, well, it's not exactly in that key because of the capo, but um, nevertheless, uh, the chord that is produced when you play that F sharp, it just unlocks all these harmonics on the guitar and, it, and uh, you can just play that chord and, and just listen to the sound dying off. And it's just magic. So I had a chance to meet Paco de Lucia when I went to Spain in 1984. There was this Russian nonprofit organization called New Names, and their goal was to get the young people out there to show them to the world. And they picked me as one of their artists. And uh, at one of the concerts where I performed, a lady came up to me afterwards and she said that she was a friend of Paco de Lucia and she asked me how would I like to meet the maestro because he apparently was in Madrid at that time and I was very lucky because he was a busy man and still is a busy man and he is very seldom at home. So he was and the, the very next day I was driven to his house with an interpreter and I, I meet him, you know, and he is just sitting there recording, I guess it was um, Lucia. Uh, he had a basement uh, studio that he used and it was just unreal. I mean, I only saw Paco de Lucia on video and uh, not so many times because <laughs> we didn't have uh, the VCR for many years and had just gotten the VCR at that time. And uh, there he was, just sitting right next to me on the couch and uh, petting his dog. He's <laughs> it, was, it was just a very special moment for me to meet him. And I played three pieces for him. I played Bulerias by Sabicas. I played Fandango by him, by Paco de Lucia. And I played, uh, I played these Tarantas. And I remember while I was playing the Tarantas, uh, I was so nervous that I think the right part, the right side of my face just went absolutely numb. It was, it was cold and numb. It was crazy. It was like I had a stroke or something. So this Tarantas was one of the pieces that I played for him. And I remember, I even remember how I played it. I think I messed up the second scale that is there, so I was not pleased with myself, but at that time, uh, in those days, it was very important for me to get everything technically, and I did not 
did not really concentrate on the music as much. Paco said that I had very good rhythm and technique that I could play, you know, really fast and I had good sound and everything. So it was all positive, but he said that I needed to come to Spain and live with the gypsies. Just live that life and get, get the feel for it. Because he asked me, what would you like to improve? Why are you here? What is that that you're looking for? What is your question? And I said, well, Paco, I cannot play with um, a lot of security. I'm not very confident in my playing. So sometimes I get things and sometimes I don't. And then he laughed and he said, you know what? You'll never get that security because we're not playing the piano. We're playing the guitar. We'll never be able to do everything 100 times out of 100 times. So he said, you should relax about it and not, not think about you know, the technique so much. So I think of my Alma Flamenca CD, this is one of the best pieces that's on it. Because I was able to do something musically in the very last section that I cannot even replicate right now. I don't know, something just clicked and I did it exactly how I felt it at that time. Let's hope that you will hear it.
For a while, I was thinking about recording a new CD, but I was uh, thinking of doing maybe some more Paco de Lucia or um, do a tribute to Rafael Riqueni. And uh, that still could happen, but what I really want to do is uh, once I'm done with my studies, I can, you know, start composing more and more. So I would really love to do a CD with my own compositions.
to record my own music. Yeah. Hey, everyone. You've made it to the end of the podcast. So now is a great time to go like the show on Facebook or follow on Twitter at All Strings. All Strings Considered is brought to you in part by Guitar Salon International, the world's largest selection of fine classical and flamenco guitars and accessories. I'm Scott Wolf, and until next time, thanks for listening to All Strings Considered. Grisha. Yeah? Is it time for chess? <laughs> you sound like a devil. <laughs> <laughs> Did we get some good stuff? We got tons of good stuff.